Blog Talk Radio. some other items on that card um, along with, you know, uh, Rocha and uh, Kid Austin, Floyd Schofield. We'll talk a little bit about that. Not too much as far as two, two-way two fights when it comes to, uh, you know, those those top fights on that zone uh, card. But we'll talk a little bit about that. Then we'll preview the weekend um, on a Friday night, Navrate, uh, Navrate and uh, – what is it, Wilson? But also Barbosa and Pedraza is on that card. That's a that's an interesting fight for uh, Barbosa. Obviously, a lot of people thought him and uh, Teofimo Lopez would be talking, you know, would be fighting here. And then um, Amanda Serrano and Alicia Bumgarner return, in, you know, in, in separate fights, of course. Uh, Serrano taking on Eric Cruz. I've definitely seen more of her than I have of Alicia's uh, um, opponent. And Richardson Hitchens returns as well, so we'll talk a little bit about that card. Um, And then a variety of stuff. We're starting to get more and more news uh, as far as fights happening. Over the weekend, there was a little bit of strange news, though, in a sense, with uh, Terrence Crawford and uh, Oscar De La Hoya you know, that, that's not really strange for him to take meetings with promoters. But when you hear the fights that Oscar has lined up for him, and now it's just talking right now. They haven't even had a, a, a full-on sit-down type thing like negotiations and stuff. But it sounds like they're going to have more of that in the future. We also know Edgar Berlanga, um, you know, was sitting down with Eddie Hearn, basically sitting down with everybody, which, you know, makes sense. But back to the Crawford thing, 
He's teasing. He said he's got some fights lined up, and there's three of them. And the first one would be Rocha. Second one would be Virgil Ortiz, assuming he were to get by Stanonius. And then he says Errol Spence. So to have Rocha and Crawford at this point of Crawford's career, especially coming off of Avenesian, which this would be a step back, in my opinion, to go against Rocha from Avenesian to an extent. Well, not, it's actually not that far of a step back, but it just doesn't line up right now. And if he goes and signs a three-fight deal, after all that stuff he talked, but, you know, it, it really doesn't matter right now. It's all talk. We'll see if they can, you know, come together on money and whatnot. But if they try to make that Crawford Rocha uh, a pay-per-view, my goodness gracious. I don't know, though. That, I'm not saying that's what they're trying to do. I know they'd be setting up the Virgil Ortiz fight. And that would be a good fight. Don't get me wrong. I, I like that fight. But the Rocha, to me, is just like, really, dude? That's what you're going to do? I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. Um, and then, you know, we heard about Brandon Figueroa and Mark Maxayo. That's now official for April 4th. There's a variety of stuff that we'll talk about. Uh, whether it's Blair Cobbs with the cease and desist, uh, desist letter that he got. We'll touch upon the Kell Brook video stuff, but I don't like to get too into per, you know, people's personal lives. We'll just kind of address it and move on really quick. I don't want to spend too much time there. Um, hopefully he was just having fun, and it's not, you know, I'm not going to say a one-off, but, you know, we're not going to get too deep in that stuff. However, if this is your first time, we're going to get to the, the recap and all that real quick. If this is your first time listening to the Rope and Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope and Dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Rope and Dope Blog Talk and, and, and download the show directly there. Listen to the browser. You can find Rope and Dope Radio um, in a variety of places, whether it's Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM. Stitcher, Spricker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, tune in. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to PhilBoxingTheGruelingTruth.com and Eastside Boxing. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99. Get all your TV stuff together with the hassle or without the hassle of cable. Stream the best entertainment in sports starting with 75 live channels. Limited time only. Save $120 over the first year when you get any package and buy our direct TV streaming device. Sign up today. Um, choose the direct, direct uh, TV streaming package. That's right for you. There's no annual contracts. No hidden fees. Sign up today. That's direct TV stream. Okay. So let's see here. So we're going to go. It's a little bit different tonight. John's coming in a little bit earlier than he normally would. The, the show started a little bit later than I thought it would. So we might as well just, you know, get him in and out because he uh, was so kind to call on a, you know, a little bit later of a night. So we'll talk kind of the, the whole weekend and whatnot. And, and like I said, look for the fights this weekend. Uh, Amanda Serrano and Eric. Erica Cruz, uh, like I said, I know a lot more about Cruz than I do uh, Alicia's uh, 
opponent. I've seen her fight, but I just don't know a whole lot about her. But we will cover the ESPN, you know, on paper. Who knows how it turns out, you know. But on paper, it, you know, it's pretty light. It's a pretty interesting weekend, but light on fights, especially Friday night. Although I do like the co-feature there, so hopefully that does. And like I said, I'm, I'm interested to see Richardson Hitchens uh, against John, what is it, Bowza, I think. That could be interesting. It's a nice little fight. It keeps him busy, too. But we'll get into uh, we'll get into the recap of Feature uh, BF because it was like – it was a, a little – well, not a little better. I, I didn't think it'd be as competitive as, you know, as long as it was. Um, now, did I have yard up on the scorecards? You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that, but because I think two out of the three over there did. Um, but the first round, you know, to me, he had the jabs going. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, a lot of it was faint. He landed some nice left hooks, which was a good weapon for guard. Um, it was kind of a slower round to begin with. Uh, yard using, you know, some subtle movement um, down the stretch of that. But Terbiev could have stole the round because he did close with some nice right hands. But after that, I gave three straight rounds to uh, Baturbiev. I thought that he was getting his jab going, landing those right hands. Um, and don't get me wrong, Yard was slug, you know, slugging back, landing those uppercuts and hooks, a few nice right hands as well. Um, in the third round, hard left hands early in that round. Uh, the mouthpiece, what is it, two different times that the mouthpiece came up, or was it three? I think it was two. But, the, you know, head in body work, really good body work by Peter Biev in that round. Um, and then even in the fourth round, still jabbing really well. Some of them went to the body, uh, left hooks, kind of, uh, you know, just, just clean work, you know, the cleaner of the two. Um, but then, I don't know, I kind of thought that, you know, Yard got back into it. Um, I'm actually, I kind of looked at the, was it the fourth round that I get? No, the fifth round. Yeah, the fifth round. Um, and even in that fourth round, Yard did have plenty of success. He actually punched his way off the ropes. And um, I just think the big right hand near the end, left hooks, uppercuts, I just think Baturbi uh, have won the fourth round off of that. So although they were competitive rounds, I definitely had him up three to one at that time. But I thought Yard did some really good. Actually, I think the fifth round was the one I gave him. And, and that's another time I think his mouthpiece came out now that I remember. But Multiple lands early and or in mid round, I'd say, during a few good exchanges in that in that round. There was a counter left hook, and then later on a big right hand. Um, you know, I just thought he won that round. You, you could see there was some moving a little bit, some flurries late off of Baturbia, but um, I, I did give it to him. Big right hand early in the sixth round by Baturbiev. Better shots overall. There was a cut. Both of them actually got cut. Um, yards didn't look all that bad. Then all of a sudden, when you look at Baturbiev, you're like, oh, my God, that, that looks pretty pretty nasty. Uh, back and forth, though, really good back and forth round in the seventh round as well. But those body shots in combination were starting to add up. And, you know, I'm not saying Yard – you could see he was fading clearly, but it was starting to take, you know, a lot out of him. 
and then a huge right hand, and another right hand caused the knockdown. Uh, he did get up, you know, looking to, to keep going, but the, there was a corner stoppage, TKO style. And this is what I mean by the cards at the time of the knockout, 68-65 and 67-67, both in favor of Yard, 67-66 was the other one. And it was a really competitive fight, 136 to 111 as far as lands. Baturbiev did have the uh, the upper hand there. Uh, 40%, 40.7%, though. Don't get me wrong, Yard landed 31% of his overall uh, you know, punches, but 40% of your overall punches. It's one thing to do that with power punches, but, man, and both of them were jabbing. I just think in the end, although Yard landed some scoring jabs, I thought his was a lot more faint, whereas Bitter BF was landing some really, really good shots. Um, but a good fight overall. It, it was it was a banger. Now some of the undercard stuff we did have that upset. I think it was fifth round knockout by uh, Moderna. That was an upset. But that Daryl Sharp, um, what was it like seven ninety six and one or some shit like that? We'll talk about the uh, under the other undercard fight. Some other action too. Just wanted to kind of get into some of this recap. Let's bring John in though. Like I said, because it is getting a little late on the East Coast. What's going on, John? How you doing? We'll be here as always. Yeah, so what did you think of the fight? Um, it seemed like, you know, although, you know, you have two different fighters in Kovalev and then, you know, who we faced on Saturday, but it it seemed like a lot of the success that Yard had against Kovalev a few years back in 2019 um, it seemed like it was just too little too late. Yeah, you heard him, but you couldn't really give him a ton of rounds prior to hurting him, in my opinion. I just thought it was like, yeah, I mean, you definitely almost knocked him out and stuff like that, but he didn't have as much success, in my opinion, as uh, he did uh, against Baturbia in this fight. Um, he was he was definitely there. To, he had, showed a really good chin as well. Finally uh, ended up getting stopped, but he gave a really he gave a better account for himself in my opinion than he did against Kovalev and I'm not trying to shortchange him because like I said you know he he almost had him out um what were your thoughts uh, when it comes to this fight like I said it had a lot of exchanges throughout the fight and then we did get our stoppage too I've got a little bit of a different take uh Chris than than you know some of what you have and, and a lot of other people that I've seen have um I agree with you. I do agree with you in the sense that, you know, it, it was a better, more competitive fight than expected. I mean, I think people were almost forgetting. I mean, you know, when this fight still came off, I mean, when, when you went at fight time and Peter Bev, Peter Bev was a minus 900 favorite. Um, where I differ is I, I thought this was kind of the same yard we saw against Kovalev. I, I don't see I – don't, I think what people, to me, were saying they – saw different was just merely the fact that he was in with Beter this time, um, who's more formidable than Kovalev was at that time. I agree, but Beter 38 now, I, I don't think what enough people to me are taking out of this. I thought the age did start to show for, for Beter I, I think he, he was getting hurt. I thought yard had a much, greater speed advantage than we would have thought going in 
when we saw the fight play out. Um, you know, I, I thought Beater Biev always had decent hand speed. He's always real good with the combinations. Um, I, I don't think you saw that in this. To me, you know, one of the first signs you see of some deterioration is when you see a, a good puncher, a good offensive fighter, a guy like Beater Biev, starts to like push the punches and and he has to kind of start forcing the openings. You know, it's it's not as natural. I I think you did see that. I I don't think the scorecards were outrageous. And I think it was just the speed differential between yard and beater And I think yard was stinging him. I I do think he had him hurt more than a lot of other people do. Um, But I just think it was that yard is the same guy he was against Kovalev. So he just wasn't. He just doesn't have the overall package uh, in just a lot of different ways to press his advantage enough. I think it, it was at the end of the sixth. To me, it looked like he might do it, but he, he, he's just still too limited. He, he ha, we, we've got to remember he, he still hasn't beaten anybody. I saw people after this Saturday and saying, "Oh, how can you say that?" He hasn't beaten anybody. Look what he did with Peter Biev. Well, Peter Biev's 38. Now, okay, so a lot of people then are going to say, well, he just blew away Joe Smith, who's a, you know, tough opponent. I, I agree with that. But, you know, you've watched a lot of boxing. I've watched a lot of boxing. And a lot of these other people who have these opinions have too. But I think you got to look back at that. And I think this is this was the start of some deterioration for Peter Biev. The people I tend to agree with a little more is, you know, who I think picked up on that after this fight, you know, I, I've said it a few times. I mean, I do think Bivol deserved fighter of the year last year, beating Canelo and Zerto Ramirez. Um, I don't particularly like the way the guy fights. You know, I, I think he's, you know, just in terms of an entertainment value, he's a little overcautious. People kind of trying to say now he's a little more entertaining. You think not, not really, not really. You know, even looking at the Canelo and Beater Bia, and, and excuse me, Ramirez fights, he was a little more aggressive in those fights, but not a lot. And before that, he was winning, but just stinking out the place. So what I'm getting to here, though, is Bivol is quick. He's safety first. Like Beater Biev, he's had a ton of amateur fights. He's got the pedigree. You know, I, from what I saw Saturday, Beater BF starting to show some deterioration. As you pointed out with the punch numbers, you can't always look at them, but here they were somewhat reflective. I mean, Beater BF was taking all kinds of shots. His face was busted up at the end of the fight. I, I didn't hear a lot of people talking about that. It was visible as you saw the fight play out. And, you know, he landed a few big shots at the end, and Yard went out. That's what I expected going in. I mean, Yard didn't show good punch resistance against Kovalev. You know, as you pointed out, earlier on he took a few shots, but, you know, again, he, he started taking him in the eighth, and then he was out. Um, you know, now Beater BF's got 100% KO percentage, not ignoring these factors. And I, I do also, you got to go to the old analysis, even if Beater BF is showing a little bit of deterioration, you still then got to say, well, who's going to beat him? But the talk is the fight with Bivol, and with Bivol's speed, safety first style with the shots you saw Beter BF taking uh, against a guy like Yard who's who's fast but doesn't bring a lot else because then you think well the power but he couldn't put Beter BF down or out he couldn't put an old Kovalev who'd already been stopped by you know Alvarez Elidia or Alvarez he couldn't put him out 
Um, you know, he hasn't beaten anybody. So I, I, I didn't, I didn't buy this take after the fight either that like, Oh, yard has taken this big step forward. You know, people are looking at it. Yeah. It's Peter BF. He's got a hundred percent KO percentage. He's a formidable fighter, but he's 38 years old. You saw that. I, I, I don't think that that's what people are taking enough out of it. Yard still just isn't good enough to, to beat a 38-year-old beater BF who was showing a little bit of signs of slowing up. Uh, I think that's what I got out of it. Um, and, you know, a guy like Bivol is going to be tough for the beater BF that I saw Saturday. And before that fight, I was like other people. I, I might have thought beater BF would find a way with his punching power uh, and, and willingness to be aggressive at certain spots. But I think what we saw Saturday – uh, you, you've got to, if that even comes off, you, you, you've got to now, I think you got to slant to, to Bivol there, who's, who doesn't take a lot of shots. He gets hit some of the least in boxing. I, I could see that maybe even being a, being a, a stinker where, where Bivol just plays at sure. safety first and it's too fast for him. And uh, it's not, it's actually not that great. Just missing. I'm not saying I don't want to see. Right. Just missing. I'm not Peter saying BF I don't want to fight. Exactly. Beater BF hitting a lot of air, you know, uh, going to be even older. And uh, I, I could see that happening now. So uh, I agree with some people that said, hey, look, this is one of those same energy arguments that does make sense. You know, we're, we're going to not, you know, Spence and Crawford were with different promoters. They're in one of those traditional divisions, welterweight. We'd like to see those top two guys fight. Everybody's saying, oh, I don't even want to see him if they don't fight and who cares? Well, Peter Bevan, Peter Bev and Bivol, a traditional division light heavy. They're both the top two promoters. Hey, you know, I, I'm not. I agree. I'm not hearing the same energy that well. We don't even want to see these guys if they don't fight each. I mean, it's the same boat, really. You know, these guys are the two guys at the top of that division, the traditional division. Spence and Crawford, which you know you were mentioning earlier. You know, these guys do need to fight now. I mean, you know, let let let's you know, get this together. I mean, you know, but then since we know in boxing it may not happen, then you are going to have a a bit of interest. It's not what we want to see, but, you know, Callum Smith has looked good with McGirt. You know, he's 6'3". He's punching better against lesser competition. I don't know if that's going to carry over against the beater BF. I'm not saying it will, but, you know, is beater BF on the downside enough where maybe that's a better fight than we thought it was with Callum Smith at least appearing he might be a, a bit on an upswing, but fighting much less competition than Peter BF fighting. Um, who knows? I, I'd rather see the Bivol fight and let, let's have a, you know, let's have a true superior guy at light heavy, just like I'd like to see Spence and Crawford. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're going to see it. Um, but that, I think that ties in, like you talked about fights coming up. I mean, like plant, Benavides is kind of one of those fights we'd wanted to see for a while. They're going to get it on, but again, now it's going to be pay-per-view. And when you take it in conjunction with all the other pay-per-view, you know, we're getting it, 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 it gets, it gets kind of rough, you know, like, like you said, I mean, if, if Crawford goes with gold, golden boy, are those fights going to start being pay-per-view? Um, you know, I've, I've credited top rank recently for not going pay-per-view and you can could consider this an exception, but now they're in the Jake Paul business, at least on the doing it for yeah. ESPN Plus, and t- they're putting him and Tommy Fury on pay per view on ESPN Plus. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. You know, 
it's not I, I you know look we know positive thinking can work and, and optimism and, and I believe that too but we also know about a thing that psychologists are talking about uh, as being a real factor of toxic positivity where uh, it, it ends up being a detriment when you when you just go with positive thinking with with everything and it's not the answer why I say that I think with boxing you got to say that a little bit like you know there's a couple fights here and there, but with all the pay-per-views we're getting, we don't know exactly what's going to happen now with this Paramount Showtime thing. I just think it's worth tying in now when we're looking at the future. Um, you know, I don't know if we're going to get fights like Bivol, Biev and Spence Crawford. Um, I I don't know how you know I don't know how bright it's looking. Um, I, I I just uh, I just don't. I just don't know how uh, how bright things are looking. You know, we're getting a few fights here or there, but what, what really concerns me is one thing I don't remember in boxing is, you know, you know, you and I, of course, we comment on it, we follow it closely. Um, you know, we we could of course put a list together of some fights we'd like to see, but it, it seemed to me that traditionally, when you when you're doing lists like that, knowledgeable people, it was fights you'd like to see like that that would also be relatively huge if they were put together and I'm not feeling that now, like, you know, you're, you're actually getting diminishing, like where you're even looking at the fights you'd, you'd most like to see, you know, how big are some of these fights? I mean, they, they don't, they don't resonate with the general public. Um, you know, you see numbers, viewing numbers going down. Um, you know, I definitely some, uh, some reason for concern there. Well, Two things. I'll talk about the second part that you just went to, because I do have a little pushback as far as I'm not saying you're gloom and doom in it, but I, as far as this year and the first two quarters, I would push back on as far as if we're going to have some really good fights or not. But um, the back to the fight. Yeah. I mean, the second wave of, you know, topic was going to be, which one was it? Was it yard improving a little bit or was it, you know, be your BF fading. And uh, I think it's, I think it's a little in between. I think we do kind of differ a little bit. You know, I, I think Kovalev's jab is one of the, you know, was one of the best jabs uh, back when he was in his prime. It was damn good. And it had some power behind it too. And that's what contained yard, like pretty much the whole fight until later when he had a little success. So I think that would be a big difference. I, th- I mean, if you go look, speaking of copy box, the copy box number, I, I can't remember it off the hand, you know, off my hand, but it was like, it was like a, you know, 80 or a hundred more, you know, jabs he landed or whatever. He dominated him with the jab, but we know Kovalev does that to a lot of folks, or at least is in fights with it. I just didn't have him winning many rounds at all in that fight. So for him, for him to like, like you were saying, you you thought the scores were actually fair, meaning he was up two out of three. So to me, I did see um, fighting off, not staying on the ropes like he, he has in the past, but able to fight off them or move off them. little subtle movement that wasn't all that. It was efficient, but I can't say it was that effective because, you know, he got hit a lot. And, you know, who, who's the better defender, uh, Kovalev or, or, you know, Viterbiev, neither of them can really defend all that, you know, high level or whatever, but I think Yard had more success, and, and maybe it was just off that jab, 
I'm not saying, you know, Peter Biff doesn't have a good jab because it's pretty good and it, and it and it can land hard, but I don't think it's on the, the Kovalev uh, level. Um, but then was Kovalev, was he fading at that time too? Because we had already seen him, you know, fade a little bit too. So I, I would put that in the equation. But on the flip side, I would meet you halfway with it did seem like Baturbia, you know, he didn't get old, old overnight. But I do agree with you. I, I, I didn't see the same, you know, I, I don't know how much. I couldn't give you a percentage. But I agree with you on that side where he didn't, he looked a little faded. Looked not quite as, uh, oh, yeah, he just didn't have the same speed. Um, you know, he doesn't have great defense either, but, you know, I don't know. I did, I did see him reset plenty of times and show some of that outside movement, but he wasn't going to do that the whole fight, obviously, because he didn't, you know, there wasn't a ton of times in the fight where he had to reset a bunch, but I'd say it's more in between than just Yard didn't, like, I don't think he's improved as a major fighter. I just, because like you said, and I think you said it right, who has he beaten? And that is key. Um, I just think he performed better in this fight, and maybe that's a jab. But I wouldn't call Kovalev in his prime, per se, uh, in that fight, um, in my opinion, anyway. So I, I'd probably meet you halfway. But as far as the other stuff goes, I mean, I got to say, we're going to have five pay-per-views in the first six months, right? So we are getting, we're getting, you know, abused there. But I don't know, man. You know, we... On paper, we did have the Charlo Tim Zhu. That that obviously is no no longer. But you know Lee Wood, Mauricio Lara, even the Neri Habanosian, uh, uh, Matias Ponce. Um, I like that Maxel Figueroa. The the Tim Zhu Harrison's a banger, and we're probably going to get Wilder Ruiz. I mean, there's some. Inside, like some of the fights they've made so far that it looks like they're going to get announced on Thursday uh, for that Benavides plant, which I didn't even mention, I'd push back on the first and second quarter as far as what kind of schedule we're going to have. And this is just PBC Showtime. We're not even talking about Matchroom, who, you know, hopefully they can put some better fights on because they've been talking about more of a, a longer release, too, that may get us to June. Not totally sure there, but... Um, it, it, I think there's going to be an over. Well, I shouldn't say five pay-per-views. Five pay-per-views just from PBC in the first six months. You're right. There is some other. We do have that. <laughs> that is kind of funny. I didn't hear a big craziness about that being on pay-per-view. But the, you're right. The Fury. Uh, I figured it'd be on pay-per-view, but that Fury. It, it would have been nice if they could have kept that on ESPN Plus with Fury and and, uh, and Jake Paul, but. Um, and then, of course, we're going to get a Canelo. That's going to be a pay-per-view. I'd be very shocked. Even if he fights in the UK, I'd be very shocked if it wasn't an afternoon pay-per-view. Um, but as far as the first and second quarter, especially the second quarter, once the rest of this schedule gets released, I'm going to be pretty happy, i got to admit. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not down on any of those fights, but, they're, they're just, you know, some of them aren't, like, you know, they're not huge, you know. They're not real huge blockbuster fights or real top top matchups. I mean, like I think you know, Benavides Plant is kind of in that class, and you know I think with the heavies, 
you know, as you said, if, if we get Wilder Ruiz, I mean, that that's up there. I mean, that, 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 that's, you know, that with the status where Wilder's at, you know, and, and Ruiz has some popularity, uh, both U.S. heavyweights, which, you know, there's been a dearth of, but to be able to, to put two good U.S. heavies together there, uh, I, I think, you know, that's good. But, you know, then you have the fact of we're, we're getting pay-per-view you know, pay-per-view on a lot of it. Um, you know, I think like, you know, you know, I have been saying it. I, I think, you know, there's some some hope, at least in terms of exposure, you know, the, the top rank, like you have like a Dog Bay and Ramirez. I'm going to heavily favor Ramirez in that one, but that's a good fight for, you know, regular ESPN. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, I, I do like that Harrison. right now, step up fight, yeah. you know. I like the Harrison Zoo fight. Um, but I am wondering, you know, with this Paramount Plus Showtime thing, how that's how that's all going to play out. Um, I, you know, I guess we'll see. Um, and uh, you know, Canelo, I, I, I assume, you know, maybe he's going to fight Ryder. Um, but like you said, I think yeah. we are at a point with all the pay per views you're getting. It's it's just you, even for Ryder, you, you're, it's hard to picture Canelo not being on pay per view. Um, you know, you just, um, I know what you're saying though. It's, it's not many of them are high profile. Like obviously Spencer right. Crawford would have been the, if the Gervonta right. and Ryan Garcia, if the, if he doesn't, you know, have some problems that keeps him out of that fight, that would be high profile. I know what you're saying about right. high profile, but being that we've been right. boxing fans for a while and we haven't, you know, the, I don't know. Like, to me, it's still, if a fight's quality, wherever they put it, I'm still going to like the fight. But I know what you're saying as far as uh, some of the, I just, I compare the pay-per-views from last year to this year, and so far I'm liking them a lot better. Let's put it that way. But that's not yeah, saying I mean, a ton, but it's, at least they're not you know, shit fights on pay-per-view, you know? Well, that's true, too. I mean, you know, like, you know, I'm certainly going to enjoy Figueroa, Mike Sayo, um, and, you know, Harrison, Zoo, and, uh, you know, like we we saw today, I mean, an excellent matchup. I, I agree with the comparison somebody made, you know, in the theme of Martin Rivera. You got Joey Spencer and Jesus Ramos are going to fight, apparently, on the plant uh, Benavides pay-per-view undercard. But that's a really good fight. Um, very intriguing. And, and both guys are young enough if, if they perform well, even the the loser could still be viable, just like a Martin Rivera type thing. Um, so that's where you know that's that's really good. I mean, Joey Spencer, he fought Salgado the fight before this, and, and you know he's going to take on Ramos. Apparently, he's decided to to push him. Yeah, I like that fight. Uh, that's a good step yeah. up fight. I was kind of surprised I, at that like, step up fight. I was surprised. You know, that, it's just I guess I'm a little frustrated. Like, just wish some of this wasn't pay per view, so the sport could could get some bigger exposure because the, you know, the pay-per-view numbers haven't been good and, and the ESPN numbers, the streaming and the numbers they put out, but you know, doing my own calculations of what percentage, you know, roughly what the subscribers are to ESPN plus and then what percentage would be watching the boxing. It, it's, it's yeah. not going to add that much to the linear number. So not good, you know, not, not too good numbers because, yeah, we we personally didn't get a chance to talk about it, but since we're on the subject, it's kind of worth revisiting. And, you know, I love the card going in, but it, it didn't play out like hoped. 
you know, the a job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, um, yeah, in the ring, it was pretty slow talk. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, you know, Jog, but did earn the win. I, I thought Shaw, myself, I, even more than others, I thought his performance was really disappointing. But I, I didn't see a jog, but, you know, with, he, he again didn't get back to the volume that when he's been at his most successful he's had. You know, he was just kind of jabbing and, and not getting to the power punches. And even though he won this one and he didn't win against Sanchez, to me, it was actually a little more like he performed against Sanchez. Of course, it was better because he didn't get dropped. He got the win. But it was still more of that a Jogba, you know. And uh, I didn't see that that higher volume of Jogba, who that's to me is what he's dangerous because he's got the pop. And, you know, when he, he is capable of throwing a lot of punches for a heavyweight, but didn't see that again. And, you know, that was a good ESPN spot. So, I liked what they did with the card, and then you kind of had that flukish ending with right. Well, it was flukish ending with Rice and Vianello, with Vianello just on the jab, kind of dominating the fight, and then Rice legitimately cutting him with a right hand that legitimately stopped the fight, but the referee just not catching it at first, and then the, the commission coming in and just kind of, just kind of card didn't card didn't play out as hoped. Um, so you know. That you can't control. I mean, you just you just put the good matchups and and see what happens. Um, that's all you can do. But uh, you know, and then we saw with the Showtime, you know, Jared Hurd, who his fights are interesting. I don't know how much he's got left. Unfortunately, I think probably not that much. But you know, he's certainly capable of being an entertaining fight. You know, he he's he's going to be back. Um, you know, there, there's there's some there's some stuff there. Oh, and we did have a good that that show box was the best show box for a while. That uh, that recent oh yeah, show good box. call. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that Hawkins was good. Yep. Yeah, I mean that was mm-hmm. that was back to what we needed good. from Showbox. So uh, that was encouraging. Uh, that that was that was I agreed that was the best show box for a while. That's what you wanted to see at a show box. So that was good. Um, and then, like you said, we could get into yeah. This this weekend we've got uh, you know Liam Wilson who was looking kind of good, then he got knocked out by Nanoy and, and an upset. Came back and beat him. Uh, looked pretty good. Um, so you know he he did rebound, but doesn't seem like he's gonna quite have enough of a capability for Navarrete. But we are getting that one at least on regular ESPN. Um, or on the ESPN platform, so that you know that that's good. That's uh, that's good. That's good at least. Yeah, that 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 was a good show box. Hopefully, they get more of that this year. But but, but, get, but getting back to one one final word on the yard, we could leave it at this, which is is fair because in that sense you don't know. I mean, yards problem is you know part of it is outside of Kovalev and Beterbiev, he really hasn't fought anybody. If he comes back and fights somebody, like it's been suggested, and with the top line connection, it would be an easy fight to make. It had been discussed in the past. I mean, you know, maybe him and Joe Smith will fight. That will be entertaining as long as it lasts. And one guy's going to go on, and, and then the, for the other guy, that might be kind of the end. Although, I, if Joe Smith's going to keep fighting, it, it almost seems to me I, I, I'm not certain if he is going to continue or not. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. But. But if if it's not Joe Smith, and if you know if they put somebody yard in with somebody credible, 
then we'll find out, you know, if maybe he had made some advancements and uh, if he is formidable for some other guys who bring something to the table or not. But uh, that's just, just kind of a wait and see. And, and uh, you know, like, like you did say, I mean, I think Peter Beer, though, I, I do feel pretty confident there was, was some slowing up finally there uh, this Saturday. And, and we'll just see, you know, if he's going to still, you know, maybe it's not going to be so much though, like Saturday where he's not going to be able to still beat people, but we'll see. Uh, but the pitfall matchup would be tough. Yeah, definitely. Um, any other items from that card or anything from uh, last weekend at all? No, I, it wasn't too, it wasn't a good undercard. Um, yeah, I it was, it was pretty rough. You and I have, you and I have discussed a lot and, and I'm starting to put it in practice more myself. Um, you know, I'm a boxing fanatic and I'll watch everything, but still, you know, all of us, this is just all of us. It, it does become true. We all only have so much time and, you know, they haven't been clear enough about when the main fight or two is going to start. I'm just starting to figure it out myself. And, you know, when you have these dreadful undercards, not undercards, that I have interest in, but these ones that are just dreadful that really have nothing on there, you know, I, I'm, I'm electing sometimes I'm not going to take four hours straight out to, you know, watch that undercard straight through in the main event, which most of the times I do do that, but it's just, I, I just think you, you can't really, you can't really make that kind of time devotion for some of these undercards. And, and that was not a, that was not a good one on Saturday. Yeah, no, it, it definitely, it, it was, uh, I mean, <laughs> there was some stuff there where you're like, wow, dude, really? Like, th- this is like, I've seen club cards way better than this, you know? Right, and and that's the thing that I, I, that's the thing that is good about PBC. See, some people criticize it, but it's actually the good thing. I mean, see, they've got the depth. So, you know, like, like look, they had Rivera and Martin fight. Now they're going to put, Ramos in with Spencer. I mean, you know, they they've got the depth where at least they can they can take a couple of their own guys and and put them together and, and you know give give you a good fight on the undercard. You know, the way some of these other promotions operate, they're they're just not really in position to do it. They just don't have two guys, or they they really could, but they just don't have two guys that are credible in their own stables that they're, they're willing to put against each other. So you, you know, you get these, you get these guys as the opponent where you don't even know where they find, you don't even know where they find some of these guys. Yeah. And even when Showtime, there was that stretch where there was three championship boxing made events that were very subpar. We talked about it. It was like, eh, you know, but they still had good co-features in the undercard, you know? So uh, so it's like, all right, you saved yourself on this, but we can't have too many of them. And then they did close uh, with that good main event, even though it was a one-sided fight for the most part. It was a good matchup between, you know, young, young fighters and whatnot with Frank Martin looking really good over Michelle Rivera. But, yeah, you're right. It's something that has been going on for a while. The, the undercards are just better, uh, especially, you know, right now, Showtime and PBC uh, overall, even if they're even if they do have uh, – that string of like um, Fundora fighting, you know, okay fighter, but probably not a you know not a main event type fight. Um, the uh, the Danny Garcia uh, Benavides 
you know, I get it why it was main event, but it's not something that was a good fight on, you know, like that. But, um, yeah, it, it is nice to have a, a deeper card because you just never know. Kind of like, you know, that's why we were talking so much about that ESPN card because actually the, the, what you know, the traditional uh, triple header, even though it didn't get broadcast, it was the main event for the ESPN Plus card, I guess, you know, the undercard stuff. That was a good fight, you know, but once we got to the heavyweights, you're right. Sometimes you can you can match them up. You can do your due diligence and be like, hey, these are good matchups on paper, and then it just doesn't deliver on the ring sometimes. So I definitely would not uh, come down hard on top rank because just because the fight didn't turn out good. A lot of people were excited about him, and there were basically a, you know, a variety of 50-50 fights. All three of them were within range of a 50-50 fight as far as betting odds go because we know there's so many right. like this weekend there there is a lot you know there is a lot of fights that you go well it's for a unification and that's great like i i'm not sure how much problems uh you know Bumgarner's gonna have for for instance so, so yeah you're right I, I hear what you're saying is there any uh other item uh you know from i mean there wasn't much to take from that rocha fight either because they had that you know that uh Jerry Ash or whatever, the, the guy who came in late notice, wasn't much there. Floyd right. Schofield, a young prospect, easy win. He did score a knockdown. He was kind of pushing for the knockout a little too much. There probably should have been at least one more knockdown in there, but it is nice for him um, to go 10 rounds at least. But um, any items you want to discuss, you know, for this weekend? Like I said, we do have Amanda Serrana against uh, – uh, Erica Cruz, Navarrete. This was supposed to be Oscar Valdez, but, you know, he got hurt. So they brought in somebody that, you know, is a pretty big underdog, obviously. The Barboza Pedraza, it's nice that Barboza got a fight because we all kind of thought, okay, we're going to get Teofimo Lopez and Barboza. That's an interesting matchup, but they could make that fight. Uh, any thoughts for this weekend? Like I said, there is yeah, – on paper it is – there's not much there on paper as far as two-way fights. Yeah, just a few quick thoughts. I'm a little, you know, I'm not saying I'm picking them, but I'm a little surprised at how big an underdog Pedraza is against Barboza. Um, you know, I think even in that. I thought the same Tony thing. Fight, yeah, but, you know, Barboza's not a puncher. Um, Pedraza hasn't actually shown any, you know, he's been in some tough fights, but he's really not showing slippage yet. Uh, that that surprised me. I, I do think that's a competitive matchup. Might might end up being a pretty darn good fight. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Alicia Bumgarner, she she does really look to, to somebody who has been making um, improvements. You know, she she's shown good pop. You know, for the women's game, having that advantage, disadvantage of being in two minute rounds, and you saw in, in her fight against Mayer. Uh, even though her volume wasn't high, she she did show a little more boxing skill, I thought, too. So it does seem to be coming together for her. That's interesting. And then Cruz isn't bad. And you know, Serrano has been, you know, just about at you know at the top of women's boxing. So that's always notable in that sense. Um, I don't know what if Cruz can have enough for, her, but she's she's not she's not bad. So. Uh, you know that's okay, but like you said, it's not really a, it's not really a close odds fight weekend, and and in that sense, the odds don't lie. Like we always say, it doesn't mean they're always right, but but that's still the best barometer you have going in. So, it, it's not a it's not a weekend of, 
close fights, like like you said, that top rank card, um, you know, with featuring the heavies, it, it just didn't work out quite like you hoped entertainment wise. But the odds, you know, showed it was it was good matchmaking going in. So that was just kind of kind of some bad luck there. But but this weekend, yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get some surprises. But uh, the odds the odds aren't, aren't that tight going in. But you know, that's one thing that does help a bit with at least. Liam Wilson is a, a confident fighter, and it's it, it's ESPN and, and Navarrete's Navarrete's fights usually pretty pretty entertaining. So you know it, it's good in that sense. Yeah, um, I, where did I see it? Five Dimes has Pedraza all the way up to plus five hundred. Yeah, FanDuel has it plus three ninety on there. That that is pretty wild. Like I would probably go yeah, over and then I'd probably go over and then Pedraza uh, with the other card, or not the other card, but the underdog. Very tempting, just because of the odds. It, it really is because that, yeah. that to me is a at least a at least a tighter fight than that, and you don't have to worry about Barboza being a puncher. So it's it's not like you know right. oh, Pedraza might be caught by this guy. I mean, you know, that with with Barboza, that's not really a factor. So. Um, yeah, I'm I, surprised, surprised how wide that is. Any uh, other items that you'd like uh, to discuss at all? Um, you know, we will get more information as time goes by with the Paramount stuff. But you know what? You know what's interesting? We already knew that there was a bundle, you know, because that already existed, and we already kind of knew. Uh, it wasn't official, but we already pretty much knew that they were going to shut down their, uh, you know, their their streaming app, basically their standalone Showtime, and, and, and blend that, merge that. That was pretty much not a fact, but you could, you know, the reporting on it was right there. That they made that sound like that was going to happen, but the linear is what threw me for a loop. And kind of interesting, and it makes sense for Paramount Linear on basic cable because here we are on basic cable and to have some of those showtime shows potentially on, on the linear, that'll help their ratings in general, you know, cause they're kind of a middle of the pack uh, as it is right now. They're not a top 20 or actually, I think they're 20th ranked. I th- actually, I just checked last night. They're 20th ranked as far as average, you know, uh, viewership. Yeah. Um, so I the mean- linear John threw me off and they haven't exactly told them, told you know how they're gonna do it but that kind of made it interesting and obviously we don't know my guess is showtime wouldn't be putting out these this big schedule if they were gonna go away from boxing not any of that but uh steven espinoza on fight hub in the boxing source and interviews they did get asked a little bit about the paramount stuff and they asked, you know, is the rumors, you know, because some people just jump to right away, they're dead again. A lot of that has to do with the PBC that, you know, every few years they're dead. Um, but that that kind of intrigued me. I did not see the linear Paramount thing and how they're going to blend that content. That's interesting to me. Yeah, one thing I can add to that that you just reminded me of that I hadn't mentioned and was interesting even when I was seeing this news with a lot of boxing people, you know, were tweeting in the last day or two is I did hear on an actual business program about three days before this. And then before this merger was announced that Paramount plus was not doing well. So I can throw that into the mix. So 
the, the and, and you know you're adding in there you're right too with the the, the paramount linear so yeah I did hear right before this was announced I did hear on a on a business channel that Paramount Plus was not was not going well so I guess we know and what does that do mean something. that they didn't hit their their subscribers from the last year as much as they wanted to do or what what do you mean not doing well I mean turning a profit with a streaming thing is a little interesting at the start as we've seen with other stuff but um do you have a little context for that at all they're just I took it just the way you were saying it, that, you know, the uh, plus, I guess it just, it just didn't, it just wasn't on pace with subscribers. Like, you know, they would have suspected, you know, going in and for what they were putting into it. So, you know, sure. They didn't say that, but I heard that just a couple of days before that. Then we saw all these announcements we're talking about, which are also official. So, Obviously, yeah. you know, when I'd heard that, then the behind-the-scenes conclusions were uh, at Paramount, something's got to be done. And, you know, that that would, though, lead lead us to believe kind of like what you were saying. That's why I added that, like, that their, their, their conclusion was like, look, even if maybe this hurts Showtime a little bit or however you want to put it, you know, we, we got to roll Showtime into this to try to bolster this thing up to try to save this thing. Yeah, because it does need – there's some content – because, you know, it used to be called CBS All Access. That was what the stream thing was at the start. And there was some content on there, and every once in a while there would be sports or something like that. But uh, someone I knew had it randomly because they liked a couple of CBS shows. It was actually my uh, – I think it was my aunt. But anyway um, – and then they, you know, they, they branded it and everything. And, and, and some of the projections that they talked about in the coming years recently, like the last six months or so, um, because it, it does have, like, it's really easy to Google. It does have some pretty good information, but it did seem not realistic uh, what they're trying to project. You know, it was like, I don't think it'll hit 100 million subs. You know what I mean? Because, shit, even cable right now is below 80 80 million subs, and in another five or ten years, it's probably going to be like 60 million, uh, maybe even less. But um, but some of the, the like I know it was over 45 million subscribers right now, and I believe that's worldwide. And then Showtime's over 20. So you put them together, that does seem like wow. I think it helps Showtime. Maybe not the branding of Showtime, but as far as like some of these shows will get seen more because. You know, they almost doubled the subscribers that they have. So I think it, it's positive, but I also saw a lot of people talking about uh, the branding and how you have a brand for, you know, 35, 40 years, and then you want to tweak it a little bit. I'm not sure if, you know, like the HBO Go, HBO Max, you know, there's just a variety of things where you're like, hmm. and now we know HBO and, and I believe Discovery, right, are going to come together on one app or whatever and that's it's just a little funky and i understand right this is kind of the it's one thing to bundle um that just makes sense uh but yeah it's definitely going to help paramount <laughs> that's for sure and but yeah i did see some projections in the last six months where i'm like i thought they were doing pretty good based on my thoughts on them and what the content's on there but when you when you look at their projections, you're like, I don't think you're gonna hit that many subscribers, man. Uh, so you right. better improve that thing to give people reason to uh, 
not only keep adding it per quarter per per year, but holding on to it as we know that that that's that's tough too. But yeah, it'll be interesting as that rolls out. Um, but yeah, the uh, I didn't see the linear coming, and I think that's pretty cool. But that we don't know what it means for boxing, so we'll just hold off there. We do know though, Bellator. I have. I'll actually send you some information here in the future. There was some talk about because um, you know Bellator is going to have that fight on CBS. I'm not saying yes. The PBC is going to be on CBS that. a bunch or nothing like that. But there is some uh, uh, murmurs out there. I'll say not even rumors or whatever. I'm not going to float it out like that. But that uh, there is a potential. I would guess in the summer. Uh, you know because. CBS is such a strong network that there's just not a whole lot of, you know, you, they can't give boxing like eight shows a year. It just doesn't even line up financially for them. Why would they do that? Whereas the reason why Fox did that is because they're clear cut in fourth place. Like really, right. they're way down in fourth place most of the time. Now they have a lot of sports and they have other stuff that helps them. But overall show for show, you know, primetime shows, they're definitely a, a far fourth place. So, and I was still surprised that they gave him ten. I was like, "Whoa, what the hell is this? Right. I can't believe it." So, we'll we'll see, uh, you know, where that goes. But any other items? I know it's getting late there in the East Coast. No, no just like you said, it was, I'm glad you brought it up, Chris, because I, I think for the kind of issues you and I have been talking about for a while, I did also know, you know, they're going to run a Bellator on CBS. So. Um, you would hope as a boxing fan, maybe that was a precursor to maybe some PBC getting on there at some point. doesn't mean it automatically is, but that's what you would hope. But right. We'll have to see but you'd assume, goes. right, if they can get Bellator, why wouldn't they be able to get, even if it's a solid fight, you know, that's not a ton of money, you know? That'd be interesting, though, if they could, uh, if they could get, after a primetime show, have a boxing window for like two hours or something on linear. Because basic cable, we talk about it. Hey, if we can't have the big networks, give us basic cable, man. It'll only help the the viewership, you know, beyond the streaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of it you kind of blends have... it both. It's like Paramount's helping their streaming service, but also helping their linear, which I like. Oh, okay, wow, that actually seems like a good plan. But yeah, you're right. It's all speculation yeah. right now as far as what it means towards boxing. Yeah, that's what we're curious about. We don't know that for sure yet, but but it's it's there. It's definitely a change. Something's going to change. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, keep track of it. You have yourself a good night, and uh, thanks for calling in on a kind of random uh, time. All right, Chris. Thanks for having me as always. Yes, sir. Take it easy. Take care. All right, and we will talk a little bit about that. There has been back to the, the doom and gloom, of course. You know, um, I saw, and these are media members too, not just fans. Media, I saw one media member who I actually kind of respect. Uh, I think she's more of a PR, but she does a variety of stuff. But she was saying that her thoughts were that they're going to keep show. So she said anything Showtime Boxing will be pay-per-view which is kind of strange because they're already put out a schedule. Like Showtime so far has done two events a month. February, there's not going to be a pay-per-view. But March, there's going to be a Showtime boxing. At least, well, actually, there's probably going to be three in March now I think about it because of uh, 
Zoo, um, Harrison, Tim Zoo and Harrison. I forgot about that. So there might be three. Um, but, you know, it's been like, it, it's been two. Instead of just one championship boxing, it's been two uh, so far. So to load up on a schedule where you're going at least twice, which is double what you did last year, and to know that um, the PBC was Showtime, that deal was had expired. So is this part of the new deal? Um, is Fox still going to be around for some pay-per-views? It sounds like Wilder and Ruiz will probably be on Fox pay-per-view. Um, so I don't, I don't know the specifics, but she, her point was, and this didn't make much sense to me, but she said Showbox will be part will still be there, but anything other than Showbox would be on pay-per-view. And that I, and we don't know. I'm not acting like I know, like some people are. Um, I mean, some people are looking at it, and they're basically – it's as if these articles just said Showtime Boxing will cease to exist in it. That's the way they're taking these articles, you know. And so they're skewing like – they said it was going to be like 10 – less than 10% of their total viewership. Some people thought anybody that doesn't get 10% of their – you know, it, they, they just took it every which way. But, you know – it happened late 2000 or in 2018. It happened right before uh, PBC signed some new deals that they were dead. They were done. Everything's done. Um, we heard that basically after they launched in 2015, within six months, multiple people, including the head of HBO, including uh, main events, a lot of people that don't do much boxing anymore, um, were really hell bent on it's over. They're out of money. But if you're out of money, how are you putting on these fights? I don't understand. Like that that's I don't know. But like I said, I'm not gonna act like I know, but the doom and gloom that that means they're done, you know, ultimately maybe they will be. I don't know. But it's just funny how I don't know. It it's just it's just funny, man. It it's really funny. But anyway, let's hope as boxing fans that uh that does not happen. Um, you know. I, once it's in the CBS sphere, the Paramount and all that, Viacom, CBS, even CBS Sports Network, you know, would be would be cool because that's like basic cable. I think that has like 45 million or 50 million homes or something like that. Not every cable operating system has it, but that'd be cool, you know. Anytime you could double the amount of uh, homes, you know, you can potentially have the audience see it only helps. So let's hope. Let's hope. We'll see. Um, yeah, as far as like we did, like I said, we did have that upset. Um, the Utuma, I think it's Carol Utuma. He got upset by Moderna, Moderna um, in the fifth round knockout. That was that was a good upset. But like I said, that that Daryl Sharp seven ninety six and one. Somebody said he faced. Is it true he faced 77 undefeated fighters? Is that, is that a true statement? Let me – actually, let me get his box back up. Holy shit. I think it's true. All I see for the most part are zeros. Then there's like a 3 2 one, zero, zero, zero. So Some of them were debuts, but – Crazy thing is when you look at some of these zeros, it's still not – like impressive names, but this dude's got an old school. Look at 2022. So he fought in February. Can't, can't believe it in fight in January. 
fought a, somebody making their debut. Then he fought, so, oh, my God. So he fought March 4th. Um, okay, so he fought <laughs> February 25th last year, then March 4th, March 11th, March 18th, March 25th. Then he, uh, he got a month off, April uh, 30th. Then he fought three times in, in May, only fought once in June, so he got some time off, fought four times in July. And then he had a huge gap randomly from uh, June 30th to December. But he's already – this is his fourth fight since late December. Or I'm sorry, early December. <laughs> That's fucking crazy, dude. Holy shit, man. So, yeah, 77 undefeated fighters. And, but the thing is, like I said, when you look at these undefeated fighters, the names aren't standing way out. You know what I mean? Um I did watch that Artem uh, Delacan, Kane, David Jimenez. That fight, that was a close fight. That was a competitive fight. Now I'm not telling you it was some awesome fight or whatever. Jimenez outlanded him 122 to 94, and he was more accurate. The first half, he landed a lot more power shots too, 102 to 57. Um, it had its ebbs and flows, but yeah, it wasn't like some kind of great fight. Um, but as the fight wore on, Jimenez just kept bringing the pressure, bringing the pressure. And uh, Dalakian, is it Dalakian? Dala, Dalakian? I can't remember how to say his name. Artem. He, you know, he was like circling, bouncing around. Then he'd land, he land these quick little combinations, and he knew how to like clinch on the inside. The first six rounds or whatever, I thought he won most of them. That's for sure. Um but then I thought David Jimenez, to me, he picked up the pressure. He started landing really well. Um, and by the seventh round or whatever, the fight heated up. It was starting to get really good. or Well, I shouldn't say really good, but much better. And I don't know. Did, did, did Jimenez do enough to, to get back in that fight and win? I saw people say a draw. I saw some seven to fives for either guy. I would have been okay with seven to five either guy. Um, what were the scorecards? Two of them, 115, 113. One was 116, 112. I definitely didn't see 116, 112 for RTM. I didn't see that. Um, but I'm not saying, oh, he, he got screwed, that, that David Jimenez necessarily got robbed. But I, I would have favored him. You know, like 6-5-1, maybe, you know, 7-5. I'd have been okay with Either way, I mean, two car, at least two cars were seven to five. So, like I said, I'm not I'm not calling it like a a robbery or whatever. But I just think that constant pressure, dude. I mean, sure, in the first six rounds, how many rounds could you really give him? And it's not many. But after that, he won most of the rounds. So it was competitive. Not a great fight, like I said, but it was competitive. It definitely was competitive, and that is part of it. As a boxing fan, I'm not going to sit there and shit on a fight that's competitive. Was it, you know, I just read you the, the punch stats. You know, they, they didn't punch a lot or land a ton of punches or whatever. I think it was um, Jimenez through four, 435, um, and Della Kane, or Kian, or whatever the fuck his name is, 547. And, and a lot of those were like shoeshine. It wasn't all just – the combos were quick. Some of them had some pop on them that landed. Some of it was shoeshine style. 
And then, you know, flipping. So, so yeah, the other, I mean, most of the rest of the card, you know, pretty freaking mediocre. I'll say that. And then, of course, you know, Rocha going to Saturday night. What was that from? Uh, they call it the YouTube Theater now in Inglewood. Um, you know, they had uh, George Ashy. I think his name is Ashy. Um, come in, you know, late notice. Um, he hadn't fought actually in, in close to a year. Just a nondescript opponent, and Alexis Rocha took care of business. You know what I mean? He took care of business. I think it what was it the seventh round? I think it was in the third round. Well, first of all, he was putting in a lot of body work as well, head and body shots. I think he landed a right hand was the first knockdown, um, and then it was a right hand to the head that that you know one of the best, if not the best, knockout of the year so far. I'll give him credit for that. It was a nasty ass uh, knockout, and you know, and, and, and he. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I think he's a – Roach is a good fighter. I mean, he, he only has that one loss. Um, and that was a while ago. Oh, shit, that was – I think that closed out 2020, if I remember correctly. You know, he had that win over uh, uh, Blair Cobbs last year. He was active last year. Um, uh, Jesus Campos. Com, yeah, Campos is okay, whatever. Actually, let me look. Yeah, yeah, there you go. 2020. So yeah, he, he uh, it was that night. Rashidi Ellis beat him. Um, I thought pretty cleanly. Um, October 30th, 2020. Uh, and you know he kind of worked his way back. Like I said, the Blair Cobbs. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I don't think much of Blair Cobbs. I'll be honest. But um, he did his day. You know, he did he, he did his job, and he fought that Luis Alberto. Uh, Veron, I think you know he's a. I think he's from Argentina, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, there's not much there to be honest with you. I mean, he's gone the distance with some guys that's respectable and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, my point is like his best win. What's his best win right now? My point is he, he's he's knocking at the door of trying to be a contender, right? And if Golden Boy is really going to sign Crawford to like a two or three fight deal, and the first person they're going to fight him with is Rocha, like I said, I think he's a developing young fighter. You know, just because he lost once a few years ago, they've kept him active. They've matched him pretty well. He wasn't supposed to be matched with this guy, you know. So it was a late, I think it was late, pretty late if I remember correctly, uh, you know, replacement. But. I just at this point, Terrence Crawford. I mean, Avenesian. The fight was what it was. He made some money. You know, he dusted dude off. Avenesian, okay. You know, lower half of the uh, probably the you know ninth, tenth, tenth best welterweight or something like that. I'm not I'm not ripping on the Avenesian, but you know, it, it was a fight. Okay, cool. But to to follow it up with Rocha, I just who. You know, at least Avenese. I don't know. I, I just think it's a bad fight. I think it's a bad fight for Rocha too. Like, okay, man, I'm 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 coming back. I'm, you know, it just it just seems weird to give him that fight. Whereas, why don't they just give him, 
you know, let Virgil Ortiz fight later this year against Stanonius and then fight him. It's like, why fight Rocha? No, no offense to Rocha. Hey, if he gets the fight, it's going to be a good payday for him. I'll be happy for him as a personal, you know, like as a, as a, as a boxer, right? I get that part. But as far as a fan, dude, actually not even a fan. Like, I, I'm sure he'd be happy to take it, and that's good money. But, man, it just seems like it's such a reach. He's not ready for that fight. You know, the only step-up, like, full-on step-up fight he had, he, he lost. So it's like, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of that fight. And I hear all of a sudden Rocha has a knockout. And, you know, he's knocked out other people. I'm not saying that. But he's also gone the distance with guys that if he had a lot of power, he probably should have stopped, you know. Um, but to me, it's like I'm hearing shit like he's better. He's a tougher fight than Thurman. Come on, guys. Is Thurman in his prime? No, but come on, dude. Like, don't be such a fanboy. Like, come on. You really think Roach is better than Thurman? Why? Because he just knocked somebody out? You don't think Thurman could knock that dude out? Like, come on, man. It's just a little weak. And this has nothing to do with Rocha as a fighter, okay? As far as him personally. He didn't say this shit. Of course he'd want the fight, you know? I respect him for wanting that fight. And, hey, if he gets it, he gets it. Like I said, financially, it's going to be good for him. But to sit there and go out there and be like, man, this is a tougher fight for Crawford, bro. I mean, talk about fucking slurping some shit up. Okay, Bob's. Um, but Floyd Schofield did go the distance, okay? And it's the 10-round distance. He had gone, I think he had gone eight once, if I remember correctly. Otherwise, I think he had only gone like, um, maybe I should just look it up. I think he had only gone like six twice or three times or something. No, yeah, he had gone eight and six. I'll just look it up. It was nice for him. Alberto Mercado was a game dude. I liked, you know, there was, there's probably should have been another knockdown in there from, from Schofield, to be honest with you. I think he kind of got screwed on the ref, but it was, he knocked him down in the second. He was kind of, he was kind of getting hit a little bit. Alberto definitely put up a good fight. Like I said, he he was hitting Floyd with some shots. I thought Floyd was kind of falling in kind of going for the one big shot. Sometimes that happens with prospects that are trying to, you know, become a contender, which he's right at that level now. Um, you know, especially when you go down, what was the second round? Went down and it was like, okay, I'm going to get this dude out of there. So I thought thought he was a little too aggressive and wasn't, not to say he wasn't setting his punches up. He still went to the body. He still landed really hard shots and, and crisp shots. I just thought there's times where he's getting hit with shots he didn't necessarily need to get hit with. And some of that is, like I said, trying to execute, you know, a a knockout. And to me, I think you'll go back and watch that film and be like, I see what I can do there. And it happens to most prospects. But the upside is, and now I'm on his box rec, the upside is he went 10 rounds. Um, And there it is. He had only gone eight rounds prior. Um, And he... Against Juan Antonio Lopez, he had gone six out of those eight. And then Daryl Hayes, this is 2021. I don't know Daryl Hayes, but he went six rounds there. So he definitely needed some rounds. So, you know, let's see, you know, what they do next uh, with him. Because, you know, the way Floyd will tell you in his team that they're ready for everything, you know. I mean, 
He only fought last time he fought was like October last year. So it it is nice that they're keeping him active. Obviously, that's the most important time to be active is when you're young. You know what I mean? Also, um, Oscar Colasso, that Udell Riaz, he 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 landed plenty of good shots. I'm not that I think it was that minimum weight fight or something. The fight only went to the fifth round, but. That Udell Reyes, he landed some pretty good shots. I got to give him some credit. Um, he just kept coming, and, and Colazzo gave him the credit because he actually won and all that. But Udell landed plenty of good shots, and he kept, you know, right when you look, oh, he's, he's, he's about to be done, he would fight back and land some good shots. So I, I did, you know, I did think uh, that was an inner, you know, entertaining fight. And then also, um, the guy who got beat by Gabe a couple years ago, Bektermirov or something like that, that was like maybe a year and a half ago. It was in 2021. It was an upset. That's where he just iced him. And so they're bringing him back, and I think they're bringing him back at a good level. Uh, Sierra is who he beat this time, knockout. He's he scoring – well, he went eight rounds, then he scored three knockouts since then. Um, but you know, like I said, uh, he got caught with something from Gabe and now, you know, he's working his way back as a, as a prospect. Is it Malik? Is it Malik Ziev? So I'm kind of interested to see how, you know, where he goes too. So overall though, you know, wasn't necessarily a great weekend for, uh, the undercards per se, as far as competitiveness. Um, I thought I thought Golden Boy's card did a better job with the prospects because um, even like I said, Reyes that was a good fight, you know, for Colazzo because I'm not saying he learned a bunch and all that, but it was it was a good fight in my opinion um, because oh boy, Reyes was really right there to fight and he he was a tough dude. It only went five rounds or whatever, but I think it was five rounds, right? Five or six, five I think. Um, but that it, that about wraps it up. There's not a whole lot of other items that um going to talk about tonight when it comes to last weekend. But like I said, the Crawford thing, Virgil Ortiz, dude, you know, as long as he gets by Stenonius, obviously, hell yeah, dude. You know, that's a great fight. And shots out to Virgil for wanting that, and for Crawford and all that. But to me, the Rocha shit, I just, I'm not a big fan of that, dude. I'm really not a big fan of that. Um, and it is kind of like, so Crawford might, might. we don't know. We don't know if he's going to sign or not. Maybe he'll be asking for a guarantee. Uh, you know, that's the thing. Like, how much money does Golden Boy have through the zone? How much is their budget? And that's where I'm wondering, maybe the zone would be like, hey, we see that Virgil Ortiz fight, so we're, we're, we are willing to give him maybe overpay him for the Rocha fight to be able to have Ortiz, you know, and Crawford. Maybe that's what uh, Oscar's kind of talked his own into. Like I said, I I get it from that perspective. Um, And and I don't know how much, I mean, we really don't know how much Crawford got that for that fight. The rumor 10 million is just that it's a rumor, but it's kind of weird that he wouldn't go back to BLK if they're giving him that kind of money. Like, if you're just going to go fight Rocha, 
shit, they can, if they got that kind of money, why wouldn't they just have Rocha, you know, come over to Black BLK Prime? It, it's kind of – that's where I'm kind of scratching my head. Also, if he does sign with Golden Boy, good for him, you know, whatever. But it is kind of weird because wasn't he the one saying, I want transparency? You know, I, I want I want to be able to, you know, have all the, you know, I, I not only have the information, but be able to sign off on certain things. And that's where it's like, well, hold on, dude. You know, that's over the top, obviously. But if you're looking for some transparency, some honest open books and stuff like that, I mean, if we're being honest, like they weren't transparent with Canelo Alvarez, the biggest sport in the or the biggest boxer in the in the world. Because remember, they signed two different deals. They signed a deal and had a you know had an agreement with Canelo, and then they went behind his back and had a different agreement with the Zone. That's why they lost them. Remember, they had a lawsuit and they dropped him real quick. They let they let him out of his contract. So it's like, if you're looking for transparency, <laughs> Golden Boy's not the not any of that. But if you look at, and I heard B Hop having kind of a rant there, but like the, you know, he brought up the, you know, somehow some way he 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 was able to not be a promoter. Al Heyman, the PBC. Well, he pays fees to promoters. Remember, not that long ago, the promoter promoted the fight. The manager ran the career. So. And we can have a debate on which is better or something in between. That's fine if you want to have that debate. Call in but or message me, which I'm getting hit up right now. But um, to me, it's like when you go back to that lawsuit, they couldn't find a PBC fighter that would complain and say, I got fucked. Because remember, the Ali Act and all that manager-promoter, and he found a way to – dude, that, the Ali Act's for the fighter, dude. And they couldn't find dudes in court to say, I got fucked, you know? And, and actually, if you read the court documents and what the judge, as he got rid of the case, they said the Gold Boy contract has a stipulation that's totally anti-fighter. So Golden Boy, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't believe that it's in the contract anymore because if it is, wow. But I don't know that for a fact. I'll just be honest with you. But the contract was Golden Boy, the promoters, will have to okay your management. So if you want to sign with a manager, and clearly this was aimed at Al Heyman, but if you want to sign with a manager, the promoter has to be okay with it. That's fucking anti-fighter all the way. What do you mean? So I can't go and hire a, a, a lawyer even without, you know, I can't go hire some representation without you okaying it? I mean, that's... That's that's way shit. That's that's anti Ali Act. I mean, the judge said it like, dude, we found more shit wrong with your contract. So, and hey, boxing's a, a an ugly place, right? I'm not, everybody's got a little blood on their hands. That's that's not my point. But for Crawford to be like, well, Spence doesn't, you know, Spence has a boss, Al Heyman. I don't have a boss. Okay, well, then what are you doing signing to someone that would be your boss then? And then, like I said, you. You act like Al wasn't doing good business with you, but they have a track record of shitting on their fighters. I mean, if you're going to not be transparent with Canelo fucking Alvarez and you lose them because you weren't transparent, that's fucked up. 
you, you mean to tell me you're gonna fucking try to fuck over the best big or the biggest fighter in the world? Really? Wow. Pretty contradicting to sit here and shit on Spence and say, oh, he can't make a decision. He's got. Of course, you want representation for you, dude. If you're not a lawyer and you don't have years and years in the boxing business, of course you want representation. That's who you hire. They do their job because you hire them. So it's just kind of funky, and then it really makes the BLK stuff look pretty shitty unless they're going to co-promote. You know, I don't know, but it's just kind of funny. Like, I don't know. It's very contradicting, let's put it that way. But that's all I want to talk about on that subject. I'm getting messages on it. I really don't want to talk about that, to be honest with you. Um, people bringing up the Kell Brook video. Kell Brook, uh, I thought it was an old video, but apparently not. He was doing a lot of coke, and he did a little shimmy after it. He did a little combination, a little shoe shine combination. Obviously pretty shitty for whoever filmed that to put that out there. Um, I'm not going to sit there and dump on the guy. We were just talking about Oscar. Uh, that's one thing that I don't really touch <clears throat> is outside the stuff like that because that's their own personal stuff. Everybody has their personal demons. Hopefully, though, for Kell Brook's sake, it was just, uh, you know, he's just using it as a par- party drug and he doesn't party all the time. And so he's not, like, hooked or anything like that. But yeah, I don't know. But I'm not going to sit there and uh, shit on the guy, you know. He did some go, uh, you know, who the fuck, who, who the fuck knows? Like I said, if you just, I'm not going to act like it was his first time or something, but you know, we've heard he likes to party and stuff, but it won't be the first, in a, you know, wasn't the first and won't be the last boxer that likes to party. So that's all I really have to say about the Kelbrook stuff. I really don't want to get into the guy's personal life. He's a retired boxer as of right now. Um, will he come back? I don't know. But like I said, just from, Enjoying several of his fights and respecting him, especially when he was in prime. He was, you know, top-tier welterweight. To me, I just hope the best for him. I just hope he's not – it's not a – he's not into that stuff deep. Hopefully he just used it as a, a fun time, fun night out or whatever. Um, we will get into the preview and predictions. Uh, Blair Cobbs. Blair Cobbs got sent a cease and desist letter for PED claims for Virgil Ortiz. And the next thing you know, (laughs) the next thing you know, he's doing a video saying, he sounded like a politician in that video. Um, But this is Jake Donovan boxing scene. Blair 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 Cobbs issued cease and desist letter, faces legal action from Virgil Ortiz Jr. over repeated PED claims. And then that's the thing. Like, we've heard that plenty. Plenty of podcasts say that shit and YouTube channels and all that say that shit, too. I'm always like, well, let's see. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, I mean, can't say shit like that, dude. You think you can get away with it, but until you have the evidence that Virgil is doing something, then you, you can't imply that he's a dirty fighter because – even under this Vada stuff, like they just announced, uh, they just tweeted out that uh, Tyson, or not Tyson, but Tommy Fury and um, Jake Paul are in Vada, but it's only a month. You know what I mean? So we, we don't really know, but in the same breath, 
unless you got caught, you you can't you just can't say it. And he's talking about that he fell, that he was ill. Remember last year when he got really sick and they they he turned that in. He was actually on um, Broadway. Joel shouts out to him and his show and, and his movement there. Um, you know, he was on there saying a bunch of shit, and I believe that he was credited in this, too. So that's cool, Jake, obviously, doing it. But um, without any factual basis or without knowledge of a rigorous performance-enhancing drug testing, the professional boxers like you and Mr. Ortiz are subject to, you've made numerous statements claiming that Mr. Ortiz is using steroids and is dirty. You've even gone so far as to say that you would bet 100000 dollars that Mr. Ortiz is dirty. Um, association associating Mr. Ortiz unfortunate medical condition with steroid use, it, you know, obviously that's the problem. So um yeah he came out and was like, you know, Ortiz this is what he said on the show. Let's look at it. Um, so cops have plenty to say about the situation, including posts on Instagram where he's willing to bet the, you know, bet 100000 he's dirty, bluntly accusing him. Ortiz is using steroids, a cop's claim. Um, and he brought up, you know, that that illness that he came down with. Um, I'll smack the shit out of him, blah, 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 but he's got to get, he better not be on roids. He looks very, he looks real suspicious. So it's one thing to say he better not be on him. Uh, he looks suspicious. That's one thing. But the just outright say that he's on the shit. <laughs> it's like, uh, what's that now? Oh, by the way, um, Sir High, uh, Bohachuk, he actually won six round over, six round knockout over Nathaniel Gallimore. And it sounds like Gallimore's done. Sounds like he's going to, uh, he's going to retire. So good for Gallimore and a nice win for Sir High. I did want to say that. I did see. Uh, I did see that fight as well. God, there's another fight that I forgot to mention. It'll come to me. What the hell fight was it from last weekend? Anyway, um, on to this weekend now, Friday night on ESPN. Um, Emmanuel Navarrete or Navarrete um, is taking on Liam Wilson. It was supposed to be, you know, Oscar Beldez. Unfortunately, you know, he got hurt. Hopefully that's the next fight. Now, you know, a lot of people are kind of dogging on Wilson. I've even heard people, you know, reference the volleyball and whatnot. And, and you know, he, he did get, you know, he did lose a fight um, where he got, you know, knocked down like, actually I'm reading it right now, knocked in the first Twice in the foot, got knocked out four times against uh, Joe um, Noyne, and you know I, I did actually, you know, the, the guy doesn't have a lot of power per se, um, but you know he he was in there with the uh, Ogawa, I believe, um, and I, I thought he, you know, I think that was that an injury, Is that how that thing stopped to a draw, I can't remember how that was, I think it was an injury that. I think so. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a draw. Um, so I mean, now he came right back and knocked the guy out. I, I think the big one was, uh, you know, against uh, Matias uh, Rudia, Ruda. 
I saw that fight, and I thought he looked pretty good in that fight. I thought he was a pretty game fighter. Now, I'm not trying to say, you know, Valdez, you know, mopped the floor with that Matias. Um, you know, so I'm not trying to say this guy's a killer and I can't, you know, everyone's sleeping on him. Wilson's a competent fighter, though, and he's, comp- he's coming off a competent win. You know, I think that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. So, um, I thought he looked pretty good, and he won fairly clean. That, that was for the, oh, that was for the WBO International, vacant. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, that, that Rudio's all right, the Matias dude. He's a good, he's pretty good. So, I, I think it'll be okay. I, you know, what are the odds on that? I'm sure it's pretty wide. I haven't even checked, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think the lowest I've seen is like plus, oh, plus, Plus seven hundred, plus eight hundred. Five dimes has plus eleven hundred. I saw some plus thousand too. Yeah, plus plus nine hundred bet MGM. So, you know, Navarrete should 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 handle business. But I do I do kind of agree with what John was saying earlier about Jose Pedraza against Arnold Barboza. Um, I mean. It's at minimum a plus three hundred, right? So, man, I, I don't know. I, that does seem, for me, that does seem a little far. I would have to probably say on that. Um, and it is one of those. To me, the bet is like, what did I say? Oh, to put some money on the underdog, the, the highest number you can get it for for. Um, Pedraza. And then, you know, if you can get, yeah, my bookie has him at plus 330. Okay. So that, okay, yeah. Um, They have Wilson a little bit lower there, too, plus 619. Huh, interesting. Um, So if you can, you know, as like on my bookie, for instance, I was just on that. If, uh, you know, if they because a lot of times they'll have like four or five prop bets as the fight gets closer, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but most time they do. And you know, sometimes it'll just be a yes or no question: Is this fight going to go the distance? Yes or no? Um, my, I don't know which. I'm not sure if he. If I think if you pick the decision. You know, for um, Barboza, like Barboza by decision might be more than just the thing goes the distance. I'm not sure as far as, a, you know, a better number to bet on. Um, but I think it'll go the distance, that's for sure. So whether it's the over-under, I just don't I, – I think you're better off as far as on my bookie. The over-under, I'm sure the over is going to be, you know – it's obviously not going to be a kind of plus number or something like that. So you might get better odds on on just doing the yes or no question as far as it going the distance or just picking um, Barbosa by the decision straight up because I think he'll I think he'll win. But I'm going to put a little on Pedraza. I really am because he's a capable capable guy, excuse me. And like John said, Bar- Barbosa doesn't have a lot of uh, power, you know? So I don't know. I, I think uh, I don't know. I, I think it's. Uh, I think he's got a shot at an upset, but 
like I said, I'm not picking him to win. I think Barboza will win. Um, but it's it's a good fight. I think it could be like an eight to four. There's a chance it could be seven to five. You know, it's not like Barboza has he does you know twenty seven and zero, but he only has ten knockouts. Um, you know, he has some you know he has some good wins. I'm not trying to say he doesn't have good wins, but you know. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of great wins. He still, or doesn't have a great win. Um, so I don't know. I, I do think uh, Barboza will win by decision, but I'm thinking Pedraza as far as putting a little money on him. Let's put it that way. And then uh, we have Xavier Martinez on that card. We have Delgado, Richard Torres Jr. back. Of course, Nico, Ali Wash, uh, Vargas. Um, one of the Vargas uh, kids. Uh, can't remember who's which. Which Vargas it is? To be honest with you, <laughs> um, I think it's Emiliano, but, I, but don't quote me on that. Um, Andres Cortez, eighteen and 10 KOs. He's fighting Luis Melendez. So you know, and he, he's have both of them been on. I can't remember if both of them have been on Showbox. Did they have? I don't think they had Cortez on Showbox. That wouldn't make sense. But this is a good prospect fight. Um, Melendez, never been knocked out, got some power, uh, fought Eduardo Ramirez, uh, you know, lost to him, but it was a a competitive fight. Um, The Matias, Thomas Matias, he he won that fight. Um, He's a pretty good fighter. Um, doesn't have a bunch of wins, but I think that as far as like, you know, the odds, I actually, what is, did they have that yet? Let me see. Cause I'd say that's probably the closest odds compared to the ones we're talking about as well. Yeah. Plus three thirty, plus plus two ninety five. So yeah, it barely is, but I think Melendez can give Cortez a good test. So I, I do like that fight. And also, um, underdog Atlantis Fox takes on Eric, but, but what is it? Basinia? He, he should win that fight. Um, what is this February? Why can't I remember what this card is on? Because um, the main event is a close fight. The Gabriel Galaz and Ulysses. Um, that's that's actually a close fight. What is that on? Why why can't I think of what 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 fight that is on? Huh? Or what card that's on? Um, shoot, I, I kind of for some reason I was thinking that was uh that was next week. I thought that was next Thursday, but I'm I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong. So. And he's taking on a 28-0 guy. So the, it's in Montreal. So that's that. Well, it says it's the main event. But. So um, Ulysses is 22-2. And, and he's taking on uh, Gabriel Venezuela, who's only been stopped once. Um, and, okay, last year, that's right, he took on. That's the guy who took on uh, – he knocked Love down, though. That's right. Yeah, he did knock 
Love down. He went down. I mean, they went 10 rounds. It was a close fight. Um, and, and so do they have, do they have uh, Gabriel as the underdog? Yeah, they do. Plus 135, plus one. Okay, I, I might take him. That's going to be a good fight. What is that on, though? Is that out there? Somebody help me with that. Kevin Rooney's the matchmaker. Oh, okay, so it's on the zone. Okay. Oh, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. I, I just opened up the wrong page. <laughs> I was like, what? It's on the zone. Shit, I didn't know that. I can't, I don't know what it's on. But anyway, speaking of the zone, Kevin Rooney Jr., the matchmaker, Eddie Hearn, and Jake Paul. Uh, match room and of course uh, most valuable promotions. Um, they got an interesting card. Uh, Sky Nicholson, um, Ramala Ali's on here. Um, Alicia Baumgartner coming off that you know big big win. Um, I don't know. I you know. She she took a, a loss in her last fight last year, but her opponent I'm speaking of, um, that called it. That's the only fight I think I've seen her fight. Let me see what else. Yeah, that's the only fight I've seen her fight. Did I see her in that, that Ramos fight? I can't remember. I think I've only seen her against Berzon. And that was a good fight. That was a good fight. That was a very competitive fight. So maybe I'm wrong with that. I got her confused. That's the only loss she has. Now, she doesn't have – she's only have, you know, three knockouts. And Persone's a, a good fighter, you know, definitely a good fighter. She's, uh, you know, she was definitely in that fight with Katie Miller. That's for damn sure, uh, both of them, really, because, you know, the first one I think was a majority decision. So she has a lot of solid wins. So, and this is for – isn't this for the um, – this is for the Undisputed, right? Yes, for an, there's a WBA vacant in there, but everything is on the line at uh, Super Featherweight. So maybe I'm maybe I'm sleeping on her. I, I actually got her confused with somebody. I'll just be honest with you. So maybe that plus five fifty, maybe that's a little too much. I think Baumgartner will win, and I have seen her. You know, got, she has gotten better. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, there, there's some other fights obviously on the card as well. Um, Richardson Hitchens, you know, uh, that's going to be an interesting fight. He just fought in November. I like that they're bringing him back. And this Basel's a good fighter, man. He's undefeated. He he. Uh, what was his last fight? The Tony Luis. I saw that one. Um, Michael Williams Jr. So yeah, it's it's. This is a good fight. I think, uh, don't get me wrong, I think Hitchison's going to win. But John Baza, don't sleep on him of being a good fight. That could be interesting. Um, for a while there, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Kevin Johnson, DeLomba, Mendez, and Hawkins, you know, he went four straight, all by, you know, decision 10 round. In that, the Mendez fight, I'm talking about uh, Hitchens right now, Richardson Hitchens. That was a close fight. That was a split decision. Um, that I remember that being a really close fight. But of late, he's kind of uh, – you could say he took on a guy who was, you know, 12 and 10 or whatever. But he took on a, a – uh, what was it? Yomar Alamo the last fight. And, uh, you know, he, he's okay. 
I think Hitchinson will win this fight, but Baza, he, he's going to – I think he'll last the distance, that's for sure. So I will pick Hitchens. Um, I think he's going to go the distance, though. Like I said, I do think he'll go the distance. So I got um, Baumgartner. I got Hitchens, which is, you know, not going on a limb. But Serrano's going to win, too. You know, this is kind of what I mean by this card. It's like, I like these fights. I think these are good fights. And they're, you know, for Undisputed and all that. And, and, and you know, the, the fighter she's taken on, Erica Cruz. I think her last name is Cruz Hernandez, if I remember correctly. She's a good fighter. Um, I saw her last fight. I saw the last two that went the distance. Well, two out of the last three were against the same uh, fighter that, uh, Genovich or whatever. Um, I didn't see the first one, though. I did not see the first one. I only saw the second one because once I heard the fight announced, I didn't want to do it. And she, she cleanly beat uh, beat her, too. She had a close fight. That's the other one, the Esquiva. Esquivel? Esquivel? Uh, Melissa, that, that was a tight fight. So those are the two fights that I saw her in. But, you know, I just think Serrano's going to overwhelm her. She does now have, you know, she has a fight with Katie Taylor. Uh, I'm not going to say it's completely announced yet or whatever, but, like, that is there, you know. So I doubt that Amanda would, you know, take her eye off the ball at this point. Um, It was a physical fight. She did. A lot of she had a lot to do with the physicality. I'm talking about Serrano and Taylor, uh, which was a great fight, obviously. But she's had a fight since then, you know. Um, and so I don't know. It, it didn't. It didn't seem like. Didn't seem like she was like. And that that female was was good actually. She won some rounds and stuff. Uh, she might be better than the the fighter she's taking on now. I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm bringing up the Taylor fight because, you know, some people do think that maybe that took something out of her because she, she didn't win as many. You know, she, she's just so dominant that sometimes when you lose a couple rounds, people think there's something wrong. I did mention Sky Nicholson's on the card as well. So I like Serrano. And is she going to win my knockout? Um... I think she'll win by TKO. How about that? But I, I think that'll be a competitive fight. What are the odds for that one? Well, what are the odds for that one? Is that a little closer? Is that pretty far? Yeah, it's a little closer. Plus 350, plus 425. So I think the main event will be more competitive. But maybe I'll – hey, the way things going, I didn't think Liam Smith would do what he did. That's for sure. Most people think Anthony Yard did better, so – Maybe Eric Cruz or uh, um, Elham will, you know, go off and, and, and prove us wrong and, 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 you know, be a better fight than we think. I don't know. But I I just feel like it's a favorite weekend. It just seems like it's a, it's a favorite weekend. The favorites are going to win, and I'd assume they'd win relatively clean. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, – and there are some new numbers I forgot to mention. 
uh, online right now. If you want to press one, you want to join in, that's cool. If not, that's cool too. Nothing wrong with that. Um, we did get the official April 4th Brandon Figueroa, Mark McSayo. We did get that announcement. Um, there is a – is it Thursday? Is that the press conference? Man, it's about to be February a little bit, like uh, in an hour. I think it's Thursday. We have the press conference, which I wonder if Caleb Plant's going to try to slap Benavides. I wonder how feisty that – this is from um, – this is Dan Raphael. He says, for the Benavides Showtime, Benavides Plant Showtime pay-per-view undercard, per various sources. I'm told three other bouts are slated to be Cody Crawler against Abel Ramos, Jesus Ramos against Joey Spencer, which I like that fight because Spencer actually turned in a really good performance the last fight as far as beating a guy that a lot of people thought Salgado was going to beat him. And then Chris Colbert, with Jose Venezuela. Uh, it is PBC, though, so things can change. It, it just in general, they can change. But I've heard, you know, very similar fights, let's put it that way. Um, sign me up for even two out of those three fights. You know what I mean? That would be bomb. Uh, but yeah, Ryo against Colbert, man, um, that would be really good. Uh, but yeah, the, the the Jesus Ramos and Spence, that's a good ass fight. Jose Ramos and Joey Spencer, that's a good prospect fight, man. I'm looking forward to that one. I think that's a really good fight. And that is official. As of Jake Donovan, as of you know earlier today, that's the the uh, the headline: Jesus Ramos, Joey Spencer. So. Those are good undercard fights. Are they just the best, you know? By the way, I did get a message about Paramount. Um, They are 20th in average rating, Monday to Sunday. They average 429,000. The top is Fox News 2.3, ESPN's 1.9. Then it goes down from there, TNT's 5th. Basically, there's only three networks that are over a million on average in prime time. Otherwise, Holman Gardening, TNT, Hallmark, TBS, uh, the History Channel, Discovery, Food Network, U.S. Network, or USA Network, I should say, Lifetime, A&E, all the ones you probably thought that they were there. You know, Paramount's 20th. So they are above uh, FX. They're above ESPN2, National Geographic, BET, Oxygen, blah, 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 FS, FS1. FS1 average is 264 in prime time, by the way. Um, HBO Prime, 194 average. Um, so, yeah. What else? MTV is 40th. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's 20th, and I think it can actually go up a little bit. Uh, but, but we'll see. I don't want to know. I'm just reporting what's up. Um and it does sound like we got official date Sunday, March 12th, which is March 11th here, Australia. PBC's involved with uh, Tim Zhu and, and, um, and Harrison. So I'm assuming that'll be a Showtime event. I could be wrong, though. I don't know. Shit, wouldn't that be cool if that was the CBS one? <laughs> or even, uh, even CBS Sports Network, that'd be 
that'd be awesome if that was it, but I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think so. So so far, someone sent me this: Vargas Foster, Matias Ponce, Figaro Magseo, and Benavides Plant, along with what I just said, uh, Tim Zoo and Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith, Jesus Christ, uh, I'm talking Vikings football. Tim Zoo and Tony Harrison. So yeah, that's a good schedule, I'd, I'd say so far. Another fight. Uh, Luis Neri um, against Azat Hovanesia. That's for a WBC eliminator. February 18th on the zone. That's Golden Boy. That's going to be at the Fox Theater in LA County, Pomona. The zone, Golden Boy. Tickets go on sale. Uh, I read that wrong. Tomorrow. So they're on sale right now, I believe. February 18th. That's a good fight. And has Luis Neri, did he leave the PBC or not? Because that would be another fight that there's a crossover pretty damn good. What I was referring to, so here's the Paramount Plus library, okay? Uh, This is Simon Owens. Makes sense. Paramount Plus will have a pretty massive library. They have CBS. I mean, they already have their Paramount stuff, right? But they have CBS, Showtime, BET, MTV, Comedy Central, uh, VH1, and all the Paramount movies. Um, And then um, there was uh, this move. It said, so I saw this on Twitter, and and I I can't sit there and say the source is just phenomenal because I'm still trying to source this a little bit more. But somebody tweeted that it seems to make sense, but I can't say for sure. This move will also, and then we're talking about, you know, uh, the Showtime deal, or, you know, the Paramount stuff. Uh, this move will also combine CBS Sports, NFL, college football, golf, etc., Paramount Plus Sports exclusives with Champion League's uh, Series A, Showtime Championship Boxing, PBC, together on one surface. And he said maybe PBC shows up on CBS in the near future, too. Not like I said, I don't know this to be a 100% fact, okay? Um, but as far as some of the gloom and doom stuff on the other way, some people were kind of acting like it said PBC will no longer be in business boxing with Showtime. And that's where it's like, well, I mean, it doesn't say that. This is what it was. Many people tweeted this, and this is part of it, as a part of the changes, because they're going to make some cuts, and they said the content will be less than 10% of their viewership, of views, right? So it says, as a part of the changes, the company will divert investment away from the areas that are underperforming, and that account for less than 10% of the views. It says, our views. Now, some people have taken that um, to say, well, it's underperforming, one, right? Um, Two, if you look at the total subscribers, it's less than 10% of it. And I don't really believe that was actually what they were talking about. Um, I think they're saying for our whole viewership, it's going to affect 10% of it. That's the way I took it, um, but I don't know. Like I said, I don't know this stuff to be a fact. It doesn't 
it says it, but it doesn't sound like, I don't know. They, they just, it, it was kind of like, okay, dude, what's going on? You know, like, uh, come again? I, I can't really, I didn't get that out of that. But, you know, some of the usual suspects are running with it. Even some people that I didn't really know were, you know, anti-something. They were they were at it. Um, oh, by the way, it was Jesus Siracho. He, I think it's Siracho. Uh, he beat Cesar Francis on Pro Box TV. That's the one. It gave, that was uh, Francis' uh, first career loss. That's the one. I did see that on Pro Pro Box TV. Um, so, so yeah, the ESPN Plus USA pay-per-view price is 50 bucks for uh, Jake Paul, just so people know, okay? Um, just to put that out there. Um, yeah, this is what I mean. People were saying, uh, people were saying that, uh, Showtime is being changed. Okay, Showtime is being changed to Paramount Plus, and all the money invested in content that produce ratings of at least ten percent of views in their subscriber base is being diverted. PBC ratings don't even get five percent of subscribers to watch their product. See, that's where are you manipulating those words? Because this this dude, the only Satch, he 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 he's just anti PBC. For the fuck of it you know that's just him and so they're taking like it says that you know they're taking all the money and investing it in other places right that don't produce ratings of at least 10 percent of views and there's some it doesn't say that it doesn't say that exact thing it says less than 10 percent of our viewership meaning in my way the way i look at it it was like you know less than 10% of their viewership. So don't worry, it's not half of our content is going to be gone, but we are going to cut some stuff. And then they went on to name like uh, three shows um, that were getting canceled after their first year. But another guy who's always on the pay, you know, always talking about tickets, never talks about other people's tickets besides the PBC, looks like they're running on empty premium cable cards are now landing on pay-per-view, even though they do actually have some cards out there that are not that. So it, it's, you know, it, I, the, I'm, I'm looking at it, and it doesn't say if you got less than t- – because they would start listing the damn thing. Like even the, the article would be like, so these four things are probably out based off that, you know. So as a part of the changes, the company yeah, – someone just sent me this too – will divert investment away from areas that are underperforming and that account for less than 10% of our views. That, that doesn't say, you know, I think people are kind of taking that and running over with it, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh. And someone else, Alberto Vasquez, sounds like boxing may be the less 10%, you know. It's, it's like, well, it doesn't say that exactly. And here's the whole thing, the actual press uh, release. As of Paramount Plus, we could put, oh, as a part of Paramount Plus, we could put more resources into building 
out lanes that have made made the Showtime brand famous, and as well turning our hit shows into global hit franchises. To do this, we will divert investment away from areas that are underperforming and that account for less of our views. We have already begun conversations with our production partners about what content makes sense moving forward and which shows have franchise potential. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I know exactly what this all means, okay? I'm not going to do it because I don't know. (laughs) But to sit there and say, oh, that means it's done, it's just kind of weird, you know? Now, if they don't put out this, this second quarter schedule, and we're, we're all like, so you're just doing pay-per-views, you know? PR person who's been in the business for a while, I follow her. She follows me. She's, you know, she, she does a variety of stuff, not just PR. She was saying that Showbox is going to be on Paramount+. Plus. She thinks, this is her thoughts, it's not official, but that's what she said, that it'll be Showbox will be the stuff that makes it on the app. Otherwise, there'll be no championship boxing, even though there is right now, um, as uh, all the way into April. But they say there'll be no championship boxing. That will only be pay-per-view. So basically, everything's going to be pay-per-view besides Showbox. And, you know, I don't know that to be true or not. I, I, we don't know. But like I said, I'm not going to act like, you know what I mean? So... Um, as I mentioned, when they did the bundle, when you went to the website, they had boxing in the, in the clip. They had, um, who did I say? Oh, Boots. They had Boots walking out and Charlo knocking out, uh, J-Rock. So if they're not going to have boxing, why the fuck do they have it in there? You know what I mean? But that was on the bundle. Maybe the bundle is different now. I don't know. Or, you know, maybe the content, well, the content's going to be different. But a lot of people are saying, see, I proved it right. That's it. You know what I mean? So that's all I got on that. I don't, I don't really want to go in there. This is from Sky Sports, by the way. Chris Eubank Jr.'s team are looking at a possibility making an official appeal to the, the BBB of C, um, the British Board um, of Control, Boxing Control. Over Liam Smith's defeat, promoter Cal Sullivan has revealed the allegation is Liam Smith landed an illegal elbow in combination, which led to the first knockdown. And I knew this was coming. I don't think that's a surprise. Many people would do it. It is what it is. Um, the WBC sanctioned uh, final liminary between Shakur Stevenson and Shiro Yoshino. The winner will be the challenger for Haney Loma if that fight gets done, which it does sound like it would. Um, so that that I like that fight. By the way, RIP to Donovan Garcia. He was a decorated teenage boxer out of Colorado. He died uh, after suffering significant uh, injuries in a car crash. That's too bad, man. Young, man. Wow. There was a rumor about Boots Ennis against uh, via on the Gervonta Garcia card. Ro- Roman um, 
for Roy Mon Villa. That would be a bomb-ass fight. As far as I know, though, just a rumor right now, but I don't I don't know that to be true. Uh, Gritty from the Underground has a tweet on Bet Online AG says Harrison was a plus one sixty, Tim Zoo minus two hundred. DraftKings had Tim Zoo as a minus two sixty five. Interesting. I already got my one in there. Some new. Oh, this is Chris Mannix. Some news in the pod. Gabe Rosado. Some some news in the pod. Gabe Rosado is back at the wild card gym and is working to finalize a deal to face Zerto Ramirez this spring. Someone, Rob, actually from the UK, UK said you can tell Roberto Diaz has left. Yeah, Gabe against Ramirez. I think Gabe's done. By the way, speaking of Bob Arum, Eddie Hearn, Peter uh, Biev, and Bibble, uh, Bob Arum, this is Keith Eidick, a few days ago on the boxing scene, had said uh, if Hearn is willing to do, uh, do the fight you know, on the zone, we're good to go, basically, any time. Um, but, you know, obviously, one the zone, one of ESPN, I don't know. Quotes here from Bob. If it's on ESPN, there would be a huge audience, maybe two million homes. Uh, I mean, I don't know about that. When's the last time something did two million? It'd have to have a huge lead, in. and people would have to pay extra to watch it because it wouldn't be on ESPN Plus. It would be on ESPN, which that's dope too. That's really dope. Aaron believes Bivol and his team will have to push her to make Peter be a Bivol happen next. Hearn has to Hearn has uh, been open about wanting Bibble to defend against Joshua Boatze, right? Someone he has. I think if uh, Bibble pushes Hearn and uh, Kornilov, uh, a good guy who's Bibble's manager, pushes Hearn, you know what will happen. If they don't push Hearn, it won't. This is what Bob Aram is saying. Um, so I don't know. Amanda Serrano put out a tweet saying, for this fight, I sparred more than before. My main sparring partner was undefeated Matthew Gonzalez, 12-0, AKOs. He's slick at 165 pounds, very strong. It doesn't matter what my opponent brings. I'm ready. Oh, she's ready. She's ready, all right. Um, yeah, it is kind of funny with this Peter Bia Bibble. Obviously, Spence and Crawford are more known fighters, but... You know, those guys are old. You know, Peter Biev's 38. Turbiev, however you say it. And it's not like, oh boy, Bibble is young. But it is kind of funny how that's just like, ah, whatever. Hopefully they get it done. Um, okay, so I think we're getting close to how much more news. Oh, here's Berlanga, Aram in Berlanga, okay? This is on Boxing Scene yesterday. Um, Aram, Bob Aram says about Berlanga, he was determined to proceed at a pace we don't think he was ready for. So now he's taking a bunch of different, uh, you know, um, interviews, with, you know, to sign with somebody. Uh, this is what Bob said to ID Boxing. We have a different philosophy. We didn't want to hold him back, but he is bound and determined to proceed at a pace that we don't think he's ready for. 
He thinks differently, and I wish him all the luck in the world. He's a nice young man. Father's a nice guy. But we just have different philosophies of where we are going with him. Which, you know, I get they probably wanted to move slower. This is the business, blah, 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 blah. Um, so it says on social media, at least one fighter hinted that Berlanga's issue in the top rank came down to a disagreement over risk-reward calculus. Jesse Hart, the 168-pound vet, in uh, a longtime top rank client, suggested that top rank wanted Berlanga to fight with him, but Berlanga demurred. The key issue is he don't want to fight me. He wants the big money to fight overhill dudes like we're now, like where where now I'll never fight him. Tried to force him to, to fight, but he kept saying no. Over the hill dudes like where now I'll I'll never fight him. Okay, that was kind of weird. I read that kind of weird. So basically, um, you know, I mean Berlanga. There was a tie, you know, Berlanga Canelo. It's like, come on, dude, I don't want to fucking Berlanga Canelo, dude. But the Munguia, you know, oh, this is Gail. Gail said someone asked me about this. Gail said the re- this reinforces my thinking. Showbox will stick around. And all other Showtime cards will go to pay-per-view. That's what she said. Okay? I don't know. Um, we'll go to a little bit of boxing Twitter. Because uh, we got some juicy ones. That's for fucking sure. Oh, one more thing. And this is this is just funny. It's like, come on. Oscar. <laughs> so this was... Uh, this was actually a couple days ago. Oscar De La Hoya backs Tank Garcia to generate close to 2.5 million buys. He told uh, MMA Hour, "We want to make sure this event, this event here, make sure that this event here, because it's such a special fight, we want to make sure that the fight does two, 2.5, 3 million homes. This is that type of event. Realistically." It does close to 2.5. Realistically, you think it's going to go 2.5. Okay. Um, he said it's real. I can assure you it's a 100%. They just, you know, dot the I, cross the T's. Uh, but it's actually been a pleasure to work with the other side, the PBC, making this fight. They understand that this is the biggest blah, 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 blah. Both fighters in the prime. You have the zone. You have Showtime. You know, Showtime always does a great job of putting these fights together. But when you're collaborating with the zone, in this instance, you have to share territories and split of revenues. It's very complex, but we're able to put it together. So he thinks it's going to do over $2 million, which I think is crazy. Uh, Deontay Wilder, so now it's boxing Twitter. Deontay Wilder came back from defeat to face the Nordic Nightmare. Joseph Parker came back from defeat to face Jack Massey. But AJ comes back from defeat to face Franklin, and it's the worst move ever. Have a day off. <laughs> It's not a bad fight at all. From a casual boxing support supporter perspective, Devin Haney and Rowley in the Bay would be huge. Makes Devin a pay-per-view attraction? I don't know about the pay-per-view attraction, but I, I think it would do good. That's for sure. Erickson Lubin says he's a, he's a date and opponent locked in. So that's part of that, probably a part of that. Someone tweeted, Connor Ben with or without juice stops boost Ennis. 
All right, man. Sweet. That's cool. Do you. Also, uh, um, Yabuka or Yabuki? Yabuki? Yeah, Yabukai. Um, despite an accidental um, fist injury, he defeated Ronald Chacon by 11th round. That was for the, the world fly with the Oh, the challenge for the world. Yeah, that's right. IBF to challenge for his 11th round knockout. Yeah, I did see the highlight of that. Tyson Fury, this is uh, J-Rock. Tyson Fury and his dad said, if Tommy Fury doesn't stop Jake Paul, then he's not a part of the family and he can stay in Saudi. <laughs> Damn. That's, uh, wow. You know, that's really crazy. That's a lot of pressure. I'd have to agree. That That is a ton of pressure. Okay, so. Oh, boy. Um, what do we got here? Well, here we go, dude. Alex wrote, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> Whoa. <coughs> I went down the wrong pipe. Alex Rocha, Alexis Rocha is a much tougher fight for Bud than Spence is. Bud versus Spence is such a mismatch. So this is Diego. He says, Rocha, so I've seen the Rocha Thurman, but I have yet to see this. I'm glad someone sent this to me. Rocha is a much tougher fight for Bud than Spence is? Unless I read that wrong uh, prior, maybe I did, but to say... That Rocha is a much tougher fight for Bud than Spence. And according to boxing, who's just complete over-the-top PBC, but especially Spencer, I absolutely agree. So you're saying Rocha has a, is a much tougher fight for Bud than Spence is. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. It's just, are you fucking serious? Are you really saying that? This is a Jean Beck. When you're a champion, everyone who doesn't have a title wants to fight you. Champions don't want to fight. Champions don't want to fight. Champion only wants to fight with the champion. Where are the champions? I'm not interested in unfamiliar boxers and not champions. It's like, dog, if you want to fight somebody, fucking fight somebody. Canelo loved Golden Boy due to transfer issue, issues in Crawford about the sign. Yeah, I know. It's kind of it's like a really did. Okay. Um... Yeah, here it is. Crawford Rocha. Basically like the same fight. And uh <laughs> spoken like a true paid for Twitter blue. Yeah, no shit, dude. So people are really lining up that. They're really saying that it's basically the same fight. Rocha and Thurman are the same fighters. And I'm not trying to say Thurman's like in his prime or anything like that. Because he's not. He's not. But just what we saw in his last performance to act like he you know, he's lower than Rocha, or the same type of fighter as Rocha. Like, come on, dude. Come on, man. Listen, people, if Rocha gets stopped by Crawford, there's no shame in that. He's getting stopped by one of the greatest. So Crawford's one of the greatest fighters. At least he wants to fight the best and is daring to be great. So fuck the other side of the street. This, this person really goes over the top, dude. Bud's going to go and fight Mean Machine's leftovers to fight Rashidi Ellison's leftovers. To go from that to that, yeah, it is kind of funny. Um, if you're hyped up this because of this Rocha win, 
I don't ever want to hear you complain about another mismatch. Yeah, exactly. You can get a little too pumped about that. Well, hold on, dude. Let, let's, let's calm down a little bit. So, Copybox dude says, why is Rocha Crawford a thing, right? Why is Rocha and Crawford a thing? But then he says, but then he also tweet, uh, he was asking if Rocha beats Thurman. Does Alex Rocha, Alexis Rocha, beat Keith Thurman? But then he says, why is Rocha Crawford a thing? It's just such a, I mean, it's it's just so why are you like? Why is Rocha Crawford a thing? Well, why are you asking if Rocha is going to be the Kell Brook story? Is a non-story. Only time, some only time someone getting caught taking coke was mildly interesting. Was the Northern Irish priest who was snorting coke in a room that was dedicated to Nazi memorabilia? Now that's a story. What the fuck? Okay. Um, let's see these fights at 175. Peter Bia, Bibble, Yard Buatzi, Callum Smith, Joe Smith. Craig Richards, Zerto, Ramirez. Yeah, those are good fights, man. Good call on that. I like that. Um, I think that's about it. I have more, but, you know, I don't want to bore you guys too much. Got And plus, some of these you got to save, man. Some of these you got to keep in the roster. You know what I'm saying? Um, is that about it? I think that's about it. Do-do-do-do. I got a couple messages, of course. They're going out of business. I told you, uh, you know, Showtime. Showtime's going out of business. Even though they're about to put up, they have a schedule out that isn't all pay-per-views. And the sounds of they're about to put out the rest of their, till June. So, um, like I said, you can't sit there and say they're out of money. And they're going to be away from Showtime. And then they'd have the best first and second quarter. The best half a year would go to PBC on paper. you got to see the fights, but it, it wouldn't be all that close, to be honest with you. If, in fact, these fights get announced. Because some of them have been announced. Just right now, they have the best schedule, but it goes a little deeper, too. So, I don't know, man. You know, we'll see. We'll see what's up with that. I, I really don't know. I'm not going to act like I know. Because none of us really know. But anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fights. Let's hope. You know, we've had some surprises. Liam Smith, obviously. Um, Yard fought really well. We've had some surprises this year in general. So let's hope we get a bomb-ass weekend. There's plenty of fights. Let's just hope they turn out good in the ring. I'll be back next week. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have your upper hand. So now, when, as you fight, let's say you fight for five years, a straight survival, the bullshit, the whole bag. And when you come on camp, you're like, you know what, that made it. I'm going to show you it's this. So I'm going to get any, every dollar worth.